Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the 153rd episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast, and while I'm doing this, I basically have one leg propped up on the table, and I'm just going to be stretching the entire podcast. How are you feeling, buddy? Feeling really good. I felt real sore yesterday, um, but definitely much better than after you saw me after the first half that I ran in Brooklyn in May. Yeah. I felt like when you saw me there, I had I had a broken body. <laughs> yeah. And everything hurt. Like you saw, I remember when I uh, couldn't even get up the stairs out of the subway. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that definitely wasn't an issue this time. Um, felt super good. Felt super clean. Um, had a lot, a lot of help getting through this race. And I'll sort of just walk you through, you know, from getting into Philly and then all the stuff and the race. So we left New York. We took an Amtrak train at around 2.45 and we got into Philly uh, right at rush hour, like 4.45. So instead of calling an Uber or walking from the 30th Street Station to the convention center, we uh, took the L line. I was told to call it the L line because it's in the shape of an L and I was like, I thought it was like the Market Frankfurt style, uh, train because it's the MF line, but no, 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 we call it the L here. I'm like, all right, we're on the L train. Took it two stops, and uh, it was at the convention center where we picked up all of our bibs. What's funny is this same weekend, PAX Unplugged is in Philly. Oh, wow. So it's a lot of like tabletop stuff, which ideally would be really cool to go to. Um, just to check out like all the cool board games we were playing, like Warhammer 40K stuff, you know. But at the same time, like, the clientele at, so like the convention center, I think it's only just two floors of the convention center. PAX Unplugged was on the second story and we uh, all the runners were on the first story. And you can just tell like the, the it's sort of funny just having two very different events going on next to each other. Yeah. I would love to have been upstairs, but you know, we sort of went in, we got our bibs and we left. We were staying at the Sheraton downtown. Well, we chose that because it's like a block off of the Franklin the, uh, the Ben Franklin Parkway and like three blocks away from the starting line and knowing that it was going to be super cold in the morning we didn't want to like have to travel long distances to get to the uh, start of the race um, we went to this place for dinner the Carbo Load called Little Nona's uh, what was crazy was there was uh, an issue with the reservation they had us for tomorrow night or rather to, uh, you know they had us for Saturday night yeah instead of Friday night, but luckily they were able to squeeze us into a table. And I ate a ton. We got, we got like four orders of garlic bread. <laughs> um, there was three of you, right? There were six oh, of us. Six, there were six oh, okay. of us. Yeah, but we got four orders of garlic bread. I had two pasta entrees by myself. Wow. Yeah, you do that, and a cup son? of coffee. Listen, I'm a professional. All right, so what is time to eat? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means, man. Uh, it just means that when it's time to eat, I'm going to get mine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, uh, Greg and I were staying together, so we went back, and 
uh, we, I was in bed by like maybe 10, 45, 11. And then we were just watching the, uh, the games, uh, the NBA games, and then I passed out around noon. I uh, noon, I passed out around midnight. Uh, woke up at 3.30 in the morning thinking I was late. I wasn't late. Um, so I went back to bed and <laughs> I woke up at, uh, at 5.45. Um, and then I just sort of started to get ready. Uh, I got light. Um, and then I, you know, sort of put my race stuff on. I started stretching. And Greg is uh, much more of an accomplished runner than I am. So he was sort of in bed just, like, feeling all nonchalant. And meanwhile, I'm out here doing wind sprints in the room. Like, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? <laughs> and my – so the, the goal for this one was, wasn't so much whether to finish or not because finishing was never an issue barring some sort of crazy – like uh, injury or accident while running, uh, finishing was always going to be sort of a given. It was just how quickly I could finish. Now, last year, I ran it in one hour, 59 minutes and four seconds, which beat my goal time of 56 seconds. I wanted to run mm -hmm. under two hours. Real quick, when was the Brooklyn half? In May. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, in May of some, uh, of some time. The issue there with that race was I... So, like, when we were in our corrals, which is, like, the different sections, because they do sort of, like, a rolling start, so not everyone's, like, bunched up on each other. Yeah. Um, I, we, there was, like, all these uh, porta-potties in the corrals, so you're waiting to go, and then when you're done, it's like, well, if the race is about to start, I'm not going to still be standing with people who are still trying to go to the bathroom. So I just started to make my way up in the corral, and next thing you know, I'm with, like, much faster runners, and I guess the adrenaline of race day, you just sort of like, you don't really think about it. So I ran the first six miles at like a 7.20 pace. I remember that really clearly, like, dude, this is like way too fast. And that's why I blew out and I cramped up uh, coming out of Prospect Park. And I started running at like a 10 and 11 minute pace because like, the cramps are so bad I could barely, I could barely move. But as you know, I sort of kept it down to like a super light jog. And that's why my final... Uh, my final pace was like a nine-minute pace. So if I start at 7.20 and I end at a nine, like, you know, the back end's probably really slow. So this year, I was, you know, I was doing a lot more training, doing a lot more sort of uh, cross-conditioning and all that stuff, and I was just thinking, like, okay, let's not, let's not blow it in the beginning because you're not going to really, like, save too much time by, like, going super fast in the beginning. So Greg was like, listen, let me know what you want to run, and then I'll help you get there because he wasn't going to PR this one. So he's like, well, I'll just help you PR, which I was really thankful for and really appreciative of. So first shout-out goes to Greg. We'll get there. We'll get to the other shout-outs as we go uh, throughout the story. So I told him, you know, we started on the train, and then we were, like, in the room. And I was like, all right, listen, like, you know, the I've got a gold, silver, and a bronze-level gold. The bronze is just to beat 159.04. Like, if I come out of 159.03... I'll be happy. I won't be as happy, but I'll still be happy because technically it's a PR. And then the silver goal was like, I mean, the silver medal goal was probably like a 155. Okay. And then a gold would be 150. And so I was like, okay, we can do that. You know, we sort of calculated the pace. It needed to be like 820 to, uh, we needed to maintain like an 820, 830, somewhere in there to get like a 150 pace. He goes, okay. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll keep you grounded. I'll be there the entire step of the way. 
And it's like, all right, because if you're going to be there, I'm not going to put my, I'm not going to create my playlist. Like, I didn't run with headphones. It was just, you know, I didn't create no playlist for this one. Yeah, so, I didn't notice that. You didn't have headphones this time around. Yeah, because if, if it was just me, I would have headphones in. Because then I, like, there's certain, like, ways that I do uh, the playlist to, like, ebb and flow. So it's not like, because, you know, I don't listen to hip-hop or anything when I'm running. But there's, like, the tempo of the music has to be very, I'm very particular about that kind of stuff, so. I had a playlist like almost ready. I had it at about like an hour and fifteen minutes, so I just I would have done just a little bit more work just to round it out at like you know, an hour fifty maybe an hour fifty five because then like I know when the songs come on where I should be. Right. Um. So we. Yeah. There's five of us running. It's me, Greg, and our good friend Ricky, and then Pat and Jaisal. Now Jaisal was going to try and PR as well. And he was looking at sub 140. Um, and because Pat had just run like, a stupid fast like marathon, he goes, all right, I want to help Jason PR. Because he can, I mean, Pat can easily do this like sub 7. And Jason needed somewhere in like the 710s, I want to say, maybe up to 720 as a pace. So he goes, all right, I'll pace at him. Ricky was going to follow Greg and I uh, and just sort of take in the race. So... We're out there, and security is what's, abysmal. What's uh, Ricky's uh, history? This was he—he he wasn't looking to PR or anything like that. But like, what's nah. what's his R- best? Ricky, Ricky, we don't. Well, what's funny is Ricky doesn't train for races. Ricky just goes out and runs, and then next ah. thing you know, he'll do like a seven thirty pace. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So Ricky, Ricky's got uh, like a like a winged feet. Like the man could fly. Um, so I don't actually know what his PR was. I he's just know a, that he's, he's just out there just chilling, basically. Yeah, he, exactly. He was just having a good time, really. He's just, just having cool. a good time. Yeah. We get to the line to enter into the corral, and we realize that Philly doesn't know what they're doing because they've got like we see one line. It looks like there's a Black Friday sale, you know, where we've got like this massive line of hundreds of people, and then when you go to the front of the line, because we end up trying to find another way in. There's two guys with wands. They're wanding everyone, like security wands. And it's like, well, you do realize that the race is going to start in 20 minutes, and you're probably like 500 racers deep. So I don't know if you think you're going to be able to do this in time. We got to like a side entrance, and they finally realized you should probably break it up between people who have bags and people who don't have bags. Yeah. Because if you don't have bags, you can just go right in, which is what we did. We took a one final bathroom trip. Uh, we basically peed underneath a, a trash truck <clears throat> because the line of the border bodies was so long. Okay. So we did that, and then uh, we got into our corral. We found everyone, and when the race started for like the first like tenth of a mile, the five of us were together, and then once like the the pack started separating, Jason and Pat flew, and then I just sort of kept it going. And it was fun running down ben, the Ben Franklin Parkway around Independence Hall because I actually treated this race as a way to see Philly. Like, I saw a yeah, lot, a lot of, of neighborhoods. Philly, I saw a lot of Philly I'd never seen before. I was like, oh, that's the Mint. That's the U.S. Mint. And, like, that's the Betsy Ross house. And, like, like all this, all, like, that's the zoo. You know, like, it was, just, it was just fun to, like, sort of see Philly. Yeah. Um, but... You know, the first the first mile we go out and I'm running a little bit fast. And so Greg is basically like the operator in my ear. He's like, all right, you know, by my watch, because we synced watches. 
And so we're like, all right, well, by my watch, it looks like you're uh, you're 820. And I go, yeah, I got 825. He goes, all right, we're, we're good. We're a little fast, but we're good. If you like this, we'll keep it going. I go, so I go, listen, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to give you thumbs up, thumbs down from here on out. Because my fear was when I talk a lot on training runs with Greg and especially Pat, like I cramp up really easily because yeah. I'm trying to keep up with them. Right. Because um, they're always like maybe like five to seven percent faster than I want to be, which is good because it, it forces me to run harder. But I'm not trying to cramp up on race day. Of course. So, gave them a lot of uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Rookie and uh, Greg are just Sunday jogging, having a conversation behind me. And it's funny because there were so many Eagles fans. Obviously, everyone's yep. yelling Eagles if you run an Eagles jersey. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, and then uh, Greg is a diehard Jets fan, so he would just keep yelling J. <laughs> oh my god so we made a lot of friends while running through the philly half but uh, greg had a lot of really good energy he uh he was interacting with all the people's uh, signs and like tap here for power he like you know he tapped the the, the posters for power we're, we're like commenting on all the signs and whatnot um like the way i would comment is like you know i'd point at somebody make eye contact and i touch my chest twice you know like, i see you i like that yeah. sign um but uh, my parents were at the first mile mark. Oh, really? Yeah. They're okay. basically on the corner of 6th and Market. And so I knew that they had a balloon ready. So I told my friends what balloon to look for. We were on the right side. And then Greg goes, hey, isn't that your folks right there? I go, how do you know? He goes, well, it's like two Asian people holding a silver balloon. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got this one. <laughs> so um, I got, uh, you know, I saw them. And then my dad... So we were like running around uh, sort of the Independence Mall, right? And then we're, we're hooking around to get to the other side of it. And then next thing you know, my, there's an Asian dude on the side just like yelling my name. And I go, wait, Dad, how did you get across the mall so fast? Because that would have meant that you cut across the race yeah. twice. Um, and he goes, ah, don't worry about it. I'm fast. I go, okay. Um, but it was fun to see like my parents early, like the one and a half, just like get settle the nerves. You know, it's always you always get a nice adrenaline boost when you see somebody. Um, so I saw them at like one and a half, probably two, uh, and then that was it. Because um, I knew you were going to be at nine. Uh, so we were when we were on the uh, the waterfront area, uh, like the Penn's Landing area. Yeah. That was the first tough part for me. I don't know why. I think it was because of the cross breeze off of the water. And it was like a really long... I mean, you know how flat that area is. And it's long. So we're just running. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, am I getting cramped up right now? And thankfully I wasn't. But I was just thinking, like, oh, it's because I'm not drinking enough. Like, through the third, first three to four miles, I probably took two swigs out of my water bottle. Which oh, is so not good. Water. Oh, yeah. So I that thing in my hand... That. Yeah, the thing in my hand is a, is a Nathan water bottle. It's got 16 ounces in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And normally I'll take a swig minimum at at the mile mark every time just to make sure I've got electrolytes in my body. Um, But I guess the adrenaline of race day, I just wasn't drinking that much. And it was like ice cold, you know, because at a race start, the temperature was 33 degrees. And when you drink this thing, like, I'm not trying to drink, like, ice-cold stuff. And when it's cold out, it just doesn't feel natural. Yeah. 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 So I, I also didn't want to have any issues with my stomach, yada, yada. So, you know, we, uh, we made it slowly but surely down the, uh, the Penn's Landing area. 
and you know the the pacing was so good. It was like, hey, you're still going a little bit fast. We're we're, we're banking a couple of seconds right now, so it's not too not too bad an issue. Um, just you know, Greg and Ricky are like, let me know if you want to slow down, if you want to speed up, but you know, we're we're good we're good where we are right now. And then so we're making our way up. I don't really know what part of town we're in now, but the the good thing about Philly is there were crowds at different parts. So there were parts where it was quiet, right? Like Penn's Landing, yeah. that area was like mad quiet. But then like when you get into like, I guess more uh, popular parts of town or busier parts of town, like it, it got really loud. And when you're running through a crowd and people are cheering you on, it's definitely, uh, you definitely feel faster. And you definitely get energy from the crowd. So that was really appreciative. Um, when we were making our way through like seven through like six through eight, that's when the hills started coming up. So the first hill was at the seven mile mark. The topographical map had all the hills at seven, ten, and twelve. But the so the the total height of some of these hills, I think the tallest ones was like a hundred feet total sort of elevation okay. change. But the gradient wasn't too bad. So it was like a gentle hill up. And I've taken hills, like the hills that I ran in, that I run in for Central Park are like, yeah, it's similar elevation change, but the gradient's a lot higher. So I think for this hundred, um, for this hundred feet, it was probably around like, maybe like half to three quarters of a mile. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's like the length of the hill, like the gentle slope. But in Central Park, there's this really famous hill on, on the north end of the park called Harlem Hill. Uh, probably because it's in Harlem, but um, it's a hundred foot sort of change in elevation over a third of a mile. Wow. So you're basically, like you can feel your foot is basically at an incline. Like It's really tough to run up that hill. And all the training runs that I do, I run that at the six mile mark and I do it again at, well no, do I run at the six mile mark? No, I run at the four mile mark and the eight mile mark. So that second time running up that hill is where you really start to kill yourself. So knowing that the hills this time were much longer in distance, I was like, okay, that's not that bad. And when we were running up these hills, you really thought to yourself like, oh, if this is the hill, this is not that bad. And the, the downhill on the, on the back end of those hills was nice because they were pretty steep. So you really just, you know, you put, your, you put the body in neutral and you just, you just coast. Um, and then when we were coming into the park, we knew that we had lost a little bit of time on that first hill. Uh, and I had eaten these two goos, so they're basically like this, like, energy gels. I ate one at the four to five mile mark, and that gave me a nice little boost, and I ate another one coming into the, uh, the seven, at like the seven and three quarter mark, eight mile mark. Um, I ate that, so that's kicked in at around the zoo area, which is where you guys were. Because you were at the uh, the end of the yep. zoo area yep, near the exactly. bridge, right? So was that like was close to nine? nine? It was just past nine. So I saw, because I was like, all right, Russ is going to be on the nine-mile mark and maybe the 12-mile mark on the right side. So we're like, so I just, we were talking like, hey, where are your friends going to be? I said, all right, well, you know, nine and 12, right side. So we saw you and, you know, we had talked about it. It was funny, like the our little meme that we had started recently was... Uh, it's sort of a story within a story. You want you want to tell them what we were uh, what we've been obsessing over. <laughs> so, um, I think we've talked about the podcast in the past. It's road tripping with uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, and in one of their older episodes, they had interviewed Kyle Corver, 
formerly of the Philadelphia 76ers, who... Formerly of the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, uh, he's currently on the, on the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, formerly of the Hawks, formerly of the Sixers. And when he was a rookie, I believe, when he was playing with Allen Iverson, they had a new coach. Larry Brown had been let go. They had a new coach. And the coach, I think it was just coming off of All-Star break, was basically like, anybody coming back from All-Star break, you have to be at practice. If, you, if you're late to practice, you, you're going to be coming off the bench. So Allen Iverson just didn't show up. So Kyle Corver was telling the story like, so at the at so the next game, Allen Iverson he was like, I'm not gonna come off the bench, and the coach was like, All right, well you're just not gonna play or something like that. He's like, All right, I'm not gonna play. So he just sat on the bench the entire game. And so uh, they had a game in Memphis, and they were at a shoot around, and Allen Iverson knew that the reporters were gonna ask him about this uh, about this um, the game like the situation, and so. Allen Iverson, he's getting interviewed, and they're like, you know, tell us about what happened. And he's just like, Kyle, Kyle Corver is impersonating Allen Iverson, and it's the way that Kyle Corver does the impersonation. Not so much if you go back and listen to Allen Iverson do it himself; it's not as funny. But Kyle right, Corver, it's very, like, it's very deadpan the way that <laughs> yeah, Allen Iverson did yeah, it. Exactly. And Kyle Corver just like, I don't know, no former MVP coming off the bench. I don't know, no former Olympian coming off the bench. I don't know no former eight-time scoring champ coming off the bench, and so he's just telling the story. Everyone's dying, and and I just I thought that was hilarious. So yeah, over the last like three four days, we've just been repeating this. Because... We've been repeating this in different contexts. Yeah. Um. So like I, I liked. I mean, when you were talking about Stranger Things too, and you're like how they do him like that, and like just like trying to seamlessly slot in. I don't know no. Yeah. Um. Into as many. You know, sort of different iterations as we can. Yeah, Landon got a little upset with me yesterday for doing it. Really? Not upset. Annoyed. Oh. <laughs> annoyed. Annoyed at how often we were doing it. It's <laughs> um, a very frequent thing in my life, so, you know, ain't no thing. Yeah, right. So, I saw you, and then I saw you see me. And then when we got close, we just started yelling at each other. I don't know, no. Former Olympian coming off the bench. And that really gave me a nice little boost because there was this uh, this guy and his girlfriend. He was in a Namdi Asimla jersey. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, throwback. Shut down corner uh, on the Raiders. And then that's because he was playing man-to-man, but he doesn't play well in his own coverage. That's not the point. Um, and his girlfriend was wearing a Carson Wentz jersey. And they were getting annoyed at us. Mostly Greg, because Greg kept yelling J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 every like quarter mile. So they started to like really speed up. And then coming up to the nine, we saw them. And then Greg was like, dude, I see Namdi. We're not going to let him beat us. And he also goes, like when we, so when I saw you, when we started yelling, I don't know, no, former Olympian coming off the bench, like he was slowing down at the turn with his girlfriend. So I used that energy, that sort of that I don't know, no boost. To, to boost around him onto the bridge and we sort of beat him there and then Greg goes, alright, now this is a new game. You can't talk shit to somebody in the middle of a race and then have them beat you. So we, uh, so that was the, the plan. So every once in a while, Greg looked behind and goes, yep, Nandi's all the way back there. Um, <laughs> like, we're not, we don't have to worry about him. So, so seeing you at 9 was, was key because we had just attacked a pretty big hill. And then we were prepping for the park because that park area has like the two next big hills. Yeah. So real, quick, real quick, let me tell you. Let me tell you my story about mile nine. Okay. Yeah. How it. did you get to mile nine? So Lane and I were. Our original plan was to take a, was to drive to the train station, 
and take a train into Philly and then just walk from the train station over to Mont 9 and we got to the train station it's out near Claymont um, I can't remember the name of the station it's like it's the next station after Claymont Delaware and we got there and their ticket machine was down and so we couldn't we couldn't buy our tickets with our credit cards and neither of us had cash on us Lenny usually has cash on her but not today <laughs> or not yesterday so we just had to get off the train we're like all right screw it. we're just going to drive so we drove the rest of the way into the city but we were there like super early we were there we got to we got to Philly before the race started so we were we were at downtown at like 7:15 so okay. we we're like all right let's just get some breakfast so we 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 went over to IHOP and got some breakfast and we're driving back which was like 15 minutes from where we wanted to be and we're driving back and we're like two minutes away from where we want to be and there's a cop behind us and um we're just like going through like stop signs you know stop sign after stop sign all of a sudden the lights they, they flip their lights on and oh, Lena's driving her car no. right Lena drives a red um a red Honda Civic it's a coupe and uh the lights come on and and she wasn't we weren't sure if they were trying to go around us if they were pulling us over and like we're just like part like it's it's a two lane road, but it's pretty much like one lane because their cars parked on both sides of the road. Right. And she like stopped where she was. I was about to be like, nah, you gotta like pull up, you gotta go somewhere else. But the cops already got out their car, they're walking up to us. And so he comes over and he's like, You know, the reason I'm pulling you over is um you got the tinted windows and Oh, so the cop the cop just literally comes out and says he didn't ask you a question, like, Do you know nope, why I pulled you over this morning? Nope, not at all. Oh. He's like she thought she thought he was going to come over. It's like, I'm just, I'm just letting you know that you're like taillights out or something like that. He yeah. comes over. He's like, I'm letting you know, I'm pulling you over because your windows, you're, they're tinted. And he's like, we like tried it. We couldn't, we literally couldn't see inside, which was weird because they were behind us. I'm not sure when they would have ever had the opportunity to see into the, into the driver or the passenger side windows. But regardless, they were like, yeah, we could, we couldn't see inside the vehicle. Um, I think she does have a back tint on her, um, on the rear is it like a is it a heavy tint too no uh, um i don't know what grade she has but right. it's not too heavy it's nothing like completely blacked out like a limo or anything like that right you can see into her side into her passenger windows but if it's if it's like a cloudy day or it's uh you know getting like late evening early morning but when this when the sun's not fully up it can be difficult to see inside so i could see where they're coming from on that and i think i'm actually thinking that they're talking about the back the, the back windshield they couldn't see through it, so they couldn't see the backs of our heads. So maybe that's what it was. And so she was about to say, oh, I have a note for my doctor, you know, allowing it. And he's like, in Philly, you can't have a tint at all. And, she, oh. and we're like, whoa, really? And he's like, yeah. Like, So she's like, so what should I do next time? Like, well, am, I, am I not allowed to come into Philly? He's like, well, I mean, yeah, the the option is he's like, you don't want to say don't come into Philly, but like, you know, you kind of got either either got to take it off or yet, yeah, I guess don't come in. And he's like, but I mean, and then he, his partner. So there were two of them. One of them came up to my side, to my window. And he's like, yeah, um, you know, just just take a look at Just think of it this way. You know, you're a red car, a red coupe. You got the tin of windows and you're in West Philly. So like, you know, we just that, oh, gotcha. that, that type of thing. It just gives us it gives us reason to stop you. He's like, most cops won't write you a ticket. That's literally, literally his words. Like, most cops won't write you a ticket, but it's like a $139 ticket. It just gives us probable, probable cause, at least, to initiate a stop. And, you know, if there's something that they, that we think is wrong, then it can, it can escalate from there. But 
he's like most people won't write you a ticket but just be aware if they if a cop does see you you're probably going to get pulled over for it so, gotcha so that was that's what it was so is that so that's a type of profiling then right based on the automobile and the location that you're in yeah i think so exactly okay i guess it's just the likelihood you know you see a car that's you see a car that has that's tinted windows maybe you think they got something in the car that they shouldn't have pull you over and and make a big arrest so and that's because of the neighborhood that you're in west philadelphia yep yep okay so we were at that point and they asked us where we're going we're like oh we're going over the the half marathon just, you know watch your friend running and uh and and they just took a look at her license and he's like all right have a good day so mm-hmm. the whole thing the whole thing was like three minutes but it like <laughs> we, oh. we i was getting worried that we were going to be late because i wasn't sure where we, where we were going to park right so we drive up we we got about as close as we could get which you know we would we had to walk about five minutes from where we parked to get there because they shut the roads down they yeah. shut they shut the roads down like two blocks away from where you guys were actually running which i mm-hmm. appreciate so they had like they had uh, a cop who was who had closed the road off but then further further down i, I shouldn't say it was two blocks it was kind of like i think you had to like walk underneath the bridge like an overpass and then you were kind of there more or less but it was still a decent amount of space between where you guys are running and where the cop was actually blocking the road off and so um we get over there and i wasn't sure if we were going to be able to cross over that was my next fear i was like dude i don't i don't know how we're going to get across because we had to get onto the right side where where we where we discussed getting to like where i was going to be um i would have had to i had to cross in front of the runners and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to cross in front of the runners but we got there and there was a cop and there was actually like a crossing guard and they're yeah. like, you trying to get to the other side? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay. So the, 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 the crossing guy, he's like, I'm not sure we're going to be able to make it for a bit. We got to wait for a gap. And at that point, like just clusters of people were coming. And right. uh, after waiting there for like a minute, we were able to cross over. And then within a minute of that, maybe even less, we saw you. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. Was, that's serendipitous. Yeah, it, was tight, it was tight timing, man. I'm telling Ooh, you. That's, that's movie timing right there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, when we get when we got pulled over, I'm sitting there like I'm getting updates. So every time, because I was track, <laughs> I was tracking on the app, and I, yeah. I love the way this worked. It was really accurate. It was really good. Every time you finished a mile, it would it would send me a notification, and it would, yeah. it would have your stats. It'd be like, all right, Sandy Zoo, he's run this this last mile in like eight minutes and and whatever seconds. This yeah. is his total time, and and at that point, like when we hit parked, you were already at the eight mile mark. And I was like, we got to hustle. <laughs> We gotta go. Yeah. We got time for this crap. <laughs> so. You're stiff arming runners. <laughs> basically, might as well be. So we got there and then, and then get it to the 12 mile mark, which I'll let you take over the story was, was easy enough. It was right there. So. Yeah. And you were, you were, uh, it was just you two on the right side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice because, um, it was, e- it's easier to pick you out if there's obviously fewer people around you than if right. you're like 10 deep in a groove. Yeah. You never know how, how it's going to look when we went to prospect park in brooklyn we were we were just one face of like hundreds hundreds it's and, crazy and you had no idea we were going to be there so we were like yeah. we were looking we had our sign up but you were just kind of in the zone like what i can't expect you to sit there and be reading every single sign like oh is that somebody i know is that somebody right. I know? like you got a race right. to run you're doing your thing so yeah um, but in this case we had we had arranged it you knew that we were going to be there so yeah so we're coming into the park now we're going over that bridge and then Greg is like, all right, listen, we lost a little bit of time, but because we banked some time, we're still good. We're still ahead of where you want to be. He goes, and then he, now he starts doing the whole, like, it's almost like the in-game update, right? Like, dude, 
we have a chance to do something crazy today if you want. And I go, well, how crazy are we talking? And he goes, we could get like, he goes, we could get 145. And I go, oh, shit. I go, all right, let's try it. He goes, yeah, but you're going to, so then we were, you know, we're all starting doing the math. He goes, all right, Ricky, what is like your fastest 5K time? And he goes, you know, like fresh, I can probably do it in like seven. And he asked me, and I was like, yeah, I think my fastest 5K time was like a 7.30 fresh. He I goes, love how right. you guys are having all these like really detailed conversations. <laughs> conversation. yeah. Me, I'm running a 5K in like 10 minutes, and I'm just like, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. I mean, it was just nice because Greg and Ricky were basically like the, uh, and remember that, um, that Modern Warfare 2 level where there's uh, the one guy in AC-130 oh, and one guy on the ground? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really how it felt. Like, I felt like I was on the ground, and they were basically like doing a lot of the heavy lifting for me. So the the heavy lifting that you know Ricky and Greg did were just keep me on pace because I do get uh, I do get sidetracked a lot in races. Like if I just start enjoying myself and just taking the scenery, I can slow down like quite a bit um, without even realizing it. Or I'll speed up uh, through crowds and just like try, like maintain that for way too long. So they were able to keep me on a consistent pace, um, and when we, so we're in the park now, and the hills are coming, and we're we're attacking the hills pretty well. Um, most people are slowing down, but we're using this moment to like try and maintain or earn more time back. And then when we're coming out of the park at around ten, there's a nice like double-sided downhill, so it's almost like a like if you look at a two, like a staircase, like a sort of like a you know a corner staircase. You go down one section, another section. So same thing with the run. You go down one section, and then you sort of like pivot to another downward section. So we use that area to to really coast and save up as much energy as possible, so that when we got back out onto the road, coming up near eleven twelve, like along the river, we were able to really save um, and sort of burn a little bit more. So at this point, I'm like, I'm starting to feel it. Because I, I can see Greg and Ricky like maybe a step or two ahead of me now. And I know they're trying to make sure that I'm up there. And I'm just like, okay, like now we're really pushing. Now we're doing like low eights, high sevens for a little bit. And I'm like, dude, I, I was just afraid that like I didn't want to cramp up. Not at like, not at 11. So I think they realized that like 145 was probably not in the cars today. Um, at least not starting to aim for a 145 at the nine or ten mile mark and we'll get to that later but we got there and then i saw you and because because you were at the like the 11 and a half 12 area right yeah i was just short of the 12 12 you were marker. just short of 12 yeah and so i knew you said that you were going to be on the left side yep of 12 so this time we didn't have to cross over and it was like we had a ton of space to us to our oh you were the only ones on that side yeah so then when i saw you i saw you too early too um, so yeah, then you saw me like, camera, I, was like oh, I gotta, I gotta take a picture of him. Yeah. I like did so, a test cause we were there for like 20 minutes waiting for you guys to, to do, to run those three miles. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I wonder if my phone has like a burst camera. Like, like if I could just take a bunch and sure enough, it does, it takes 20, takes 20 pictures all at once. So it's funny. I have like 20 pictures of basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so I saw you and then we did the, I don't know, no former Olympian coming off the bench. And uh, that, that gave me a little bit of a boost just to make it through that water area. Because um, I could feel, I, like, I started to let the feeling, the, the tired feelings of my legs really start to creep in on me. And so when I saw you, I sort of totally forgot about my legs for a second. 
because I got more into yelling, I don't know no former Olympian coming off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because at the 9 and at the 12 mile mark, I know you and I yelled it at each other, I don't know no former Olympian coming off the bench, but then I would yeah. say to myself, like, I don't know no <laughs> four-time MVP coming off the bench. I don't know no ten-time All-Star coming off the bench. And so that's where I just like, get my, got my breathing back down. Um, and then so we're coming up on 12, and then he goes, and Greg goes, all right, listen, man, my trainer always tells me, if you can go faster for this next 0.1 or 0.2 miles, are you going to be happy you did more so than the tired feeling that you're going to have? And how disappointed are you going to be knowing that you could have, but you didn't? And I just kept saying, fuck your trainer, Greg. I don't like this. I don't like this at all, but we, we, we pushed, and I thought that we would have to do something weird to get back onto the Ben Franklin Parkway, like cross another bridge, but, but thankfully we didn't because I don't know Philadelphia geography that well, so there was no more bridges that we had to cross, um, and the thing I hate about bridges is that cross breeze, um, it can really throw me off because of obviously how cold it was, um, so we were running, and then I see the art museum, and I go, Oh, do we not have to cross another bridge to get to the uh, to the Ben Franklin? And I guess not. So then we are coming. He goes, all right, we got one mile left. And he goes, we got point nine. We got point eight. You got this. And so I'm running, running, running. And then we get to the point where it's like point three. And then I just took off. I was like, I want it, Greg. I want it. <laughs> and then so I am just, I, the little energy that I have left, I just, dead out, like, it's a flat-out sprint at this point. He, he goes, I see you. You got it. And then I, I did it, and I hear somebody goes, man, that kid wants it. Um, but I couldn't sustain that pace, Reza. That's the embarrassing thing. I, uh, I, uh, I hit the nitrous too early, and I uh, burned yeah. the, the 10% that I had left, and then I had to, I only made it to, like, I probably, like, jog, like, not jog, but, like, I, I dead out sprinted. I want to say like maybe 0 0.15, 0 0.2, so that last 0 0.1, like my body just gave out. So at that point, I'm just like, I, I'm slow, I can feel myself slowing down because I just knew that it was, I just didn't have it to maintain like a flat out sprint. And then Greg and Rookie are coming up because 48, 49, 50, 51, because so we're, we're doing the countdown. Yeah. And then we, uh, we crossed at 147.24 which was insane. And so I basically did the, uh, the Altuve, like, uh, celebration from the Astros, you know, thanking God and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was crazy, man. I did not think, and I know I couldn't have done it without, you know, Greg and Ricky to, to hit sub-150 that way. Because on some of the training runs, I think the fastest training run I did was 153, 152. So again, the one forty-seven twenty-four is uh, is nuts to shave off effectively. What eleven minutes and fifty seconds, which is like a whole mile, a mile a plus. Yeah, more than that. Yeah. You know, off of my time, and then it's a, it's a minute a mile, which I think is crazy. I was telling, I was telling everybody, I was telling my parents about it yesterday. I was like, yeah, I mean, this was your pace last time, and yeah, you you literally cut off a minute a mile. And you sustained it for the entire duration, which is pretty yeah. ridiculous. Right. My parents also said the same thing. Um, let me shout out to my folks, obviously, for buying uh, a dank-ass balloon and for being there real early. 
My mom goes, she was really excited because she could take a photo with a balloon in the middle of the street. She goes, I've never stood in the middle of a, of a Philadelphia street taking a picture of a balloon before. But they closed off all the streets, so it felt really cool. But they were saying, like, yeah, you were, it was crazy because you were so consistent in your time. And I go, yeah, that's all because of Greg and Ricky. Like, these guys are really good about maintaining time. When I run on my own, Reza, in the park, my, my times aren't, like, super off, but I can only maintain a consistent mile time for maybe like three to four miles at a time and then I'll probably like lose 10, gain 10, like the uh, the parabolic waves for me are a little bit more uh, sort of variable on the y-axis. But for them, it's like, a, listen, if we're going to do an 820, I got you at 820. And I just, I guess that's just a lot more practice that they have to be able to maintain something like that. Um, but when, you know, when we got out, well, after the race, they gave us the foil sort of uh, thing to wrap around ourselves. Thank God. Um, they gave me. Oh, you got the, this. Uh, time. You didn't get it last time, right? At the, at no, I didn't. I didn't get it last time, which is kind of dumb. But uh, it was also warmer in May uh, than it was. Cause I think the, the temperature was like forty-three degrees. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm freezing. Um, they gave us our little medal, which is cool because the uh, Liberty Bell that rings. Um, and then when you were walking through, they, they were giving you free bottles of water. You could get uh, Philly uh, like uh, factory uh, soft pretzels. Um, you could get Hearst potato chips, I think. Oranges, like uh, the uh, fruit cups. But the dopest thing they gave out was in, in, like these little coffee cups with the lids. They were actually giving out chicken soup which was amazing because it was nice and warm and it had salt in it. That's and nice. if, you had, if you had seen my face, I had basically all this, like, like the white lines on my face from all the salt that I lost throughout the race. Um, so, so that was good, and we were trying to figure out how to, like, all meet up, and then, you know, we sort of congratulated each other once we did meet up, that uh, everyone had PR'd, and it was a great day, and then I know that they were off to brunch, and I was supposed to go meet my folks. And then I f saw my good friend Pramiti. She had walked her dog out there. She missed me at like the 9 or 10 mile mark that she said she was going to be at. Um, but she, we just met up after the race, and then she walked me back to the hotel. And this is where things get crazy, because at some point after the race, when I took my phone out of my water bottle, I lost my hotel key. <laughs> so I'm trying to... I didn't realize this until I got, until I got yeah. to the hotel door. I was like, oh my God, the pocket's open. I don't know where my key is. So I go down to the front desk... And they're like, yeah, we can't put you, we can't make you another key because your name's not on the reservation. And I go, if I call him and have him talk to you and him confirm his identity, can you do that? He goes, no, he has to call the hotel in order for, you know, to put your name on the reservation. So he does that. And he goes, no, you can't put your, you can't put another man's name or another party's name on the reservation because you booked through a third party site. And he goes, but the hotel told me to do this. He goes, yeah, but the hotel's wrong. The hotel has to be the one that puts another name on the reservation. So then I go back to the woman. I go, all right, well, we just called, and because it was a third-party site, they said you can't do it. He goes, no, that's not true. You have to be able to do it online. So I was like, listen, this, this is nonsense. I'm at 1% battery, Reza, because I started the race at 100, and having the, the RaceJoy app open the entire yeah. time. The GPS like, killed The you. GPS killed it, right? Because of two hours of active GPS tracking, um, that's which is the one thing I didn't like about the Race Joy app because it might have been really accurate, but the the battery drain is incredible to ask of somebody 
to, to run with. And one right. of the things in the email that they sent was, well, you can always run with an external battery. And no, we were like, are you, are you serious? Go. I'm not going to do that. You wouldn't be the, able to do it. You wouldn't be able to sustain the app the entire time for the marathon that's happening today. Exactly. Exactly. Like, well, at least with Brooklyn, the it's like passive tracking with the bib. Yeah, it's just built the, in. It's built into the RFID, so you don't need me to track it. Anyways. So I just went... And Pramini, like, we snuck the dog into the hotel. I was like, listen, Pramini, you walk me to lunch with my folks. And then when my friend is back from brunch and showered, I'll come back. So I was basically in wet clothing for about an hour and a half after the race. And then ate lunch, ate dim sum, same place. Shout out to Joyce and Lau, you know, A wants to stay one. We've been going there for like 15 years now. <laughs> um, we, we, we did the early bird uh, dim sum when there was only like three tables there and by the time we left the place was packed but the uh, oh, one thing that I found kind of funny um, and kind of rude and kind of mean, rude on both sides rude on my side and rude on the, on, on the other side was we were running near the convention center at one point and there was these group of kids who had the packs unplugged um, like sort of lanyards and there was like a big group of us runners and then they were trying to cross the street and then they were waiting for like, I guess the crossing guard or something to let them through. And then one of these kids, he basically yelled out, man, I wish these guys would run faster so we could cross the street. And I turned my head and I looked at him and we made eye contact and I was like, okay, okay. I, I had a really mean thought there. But I didn't say it, obviously, because I was more focused on my time. But it was just like, he said, I heard you, and I see you. And I acknowledge you, and I want to move on. But that was the one negative part of the race. It just like, threw me off. I was like, man, I wish these guys would run faster. I was like, you know, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. You're trying to go to PAX Unplugged. I get it. Um, but, but otherwise, it was, a, it was a clean, fun race the entire time through. Um, I mean, she, uh, had a lot of support on this race, and, you know, I sort of wrote in my post, like, I don't know nobody who could do this alone. I really needed you and Elena there at 9 and 12. You know, Pramiti coming at the end was nice. My parents were there early. Special shout-outs to, you know, Greg and Ricky for just basically lugging my ass for 13.1 miles to make sure that I got my PR. <laughs> um, but now it starts to get serious now, because now I'm just wondering, like, how much faster can I, can I push this? And I think the... I'm willing to go all in on running for a year until the New York City Marathon. And at that point, I'm really going to decide, is running the thing I do or if I want to start lifting and like change up my fitness goals? You know what I mean? Because um, people keep just like commenting on how much weight I've lost. And it's like, I appreciate that. I also have like weird body image issues. So I always feel like I'm, when I look in the mirror, I see like 20 more pounds than other people see. So I wonder if it's one of those things where I'll train to run the full marathon, the full New York City marathon, because that's always been like a, a goal of mine to be able to say that I did. And then afterwards, do I just start like doing CrossFit potentially, or do I just start doing some heavy lifting to build up some muscle definition? We'll see. But uh, it'll be until then, like I'll be running a ton more races. Next year, I'll be doing the 9 plus 1 again. I know my friends and I are trying to schedule this thing called the Ragnar Race, where it's a 
100 mile relay race that we run in a group of like eight or 12 of us. And I know there's one in Lancaster County, so I might, we might try and do that one. Um, that's, basically where, that's basically where everybody rents a van and you run in shifts. Um, so that's something that we could do. But, uh, but yeah, until then, man, like it's just uh, trying to PR on any one of these big races. Just putting that time every week, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. My legs are real sore, though, today. I'll tell you that much. Just exerting that kind of energy. It's like it's different than a normal training run sore because a training run sore is just like, oh, your legs are a little tired. But I wasn't, like, pushing myself, like, super hard to get a certain time. But, right. you know, you got the adrenaline. I'm going much faster than I normally am for a much more sustained period of time. So, you know, just a little bit of yoga yesterday. Anytime I see a table, I'm propping my leg up and just like stretching it out, making sure the blood's flowing properly. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm happy it's I'm happy it's done. I've been eating like a monster while at home. Um, my mom just keeps making me food, and I can't say no to anything right now. So this will be the fastest weight gain back from a race ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the Philly half, 2018. Nice. Um, when's the last time you ran a 5K, like in a race? Uh, the last time I ran a 5K race was probably in like June. Okay. Yeah, I want to start seeing if I can run 5Ks faster. Yeah, I was just curious because I know that you said that you were going to be doing the 9 plus 1 again. I was like, yeah, I feel like we haven't really talked about you doing a shorter race recently. Is this the – is this – so that was the the last official race that you ran. The I guess you said it was in June. So you had like one race between your last half marathon and this one. Yeah, I've I had a I've I've had two races since uh, the Brooklyn half for the New York Roadrunners sort of marathon qualifier. There was a Central Park five miler and a Prospect Park five miler, and those were really tough because you're running them at seven o'clock in the summertime and yeah. it's humid as hell and yeah. uh, those were tough runs but anything in central park at this point i know the course like the back of my hand so if you drop me anywhere along that outer loop i know exactly what to feel and i know exactly what's about to come up so for this year like i know the first the, the season starts in january but our first race is normally the super bowl sunday there's a race um they, i think they call it the uh, the gridiron race or something like that it's a simple four miler but the last year it's a super it was my cold f- race man super cold race and it was my first race ever and i did it in like 9 15 and i felt like that was tough so this year i'm going to aim for sub eight because for the shorter races if i know the course i know i if i have enough energy for 13 miles i should have enough energy for like a four mile or like f- just like just flat out run it so we'll see. I'll let you know. Hopefully I can start PRing more of these and move up in the corral. Right now, I started in a J corral um, just because I said, like, you know, my mile time was like a 10-minute mile. And then as I've slowly moved up, my current official fastest time is a 7.53 mile that I've run. And so I'm in D corral. The joke has been, you know, I've been chasing after that D. I finally got the D. But uh, I want to try and move up in the C this year. And stretch goal would be to B because... B's and A's are like, these are like your prototypical, like super skinny dudes and, and girls just like running like super fast. So, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if I'm there yet, but, uh, you know, I still got a bit of a pouch around that midsection. But, uh, 
we'll see. If I can get the C, I'll be really happy. I gotta say, I was so one of the comments that I was making on Lanny yesterday when we were waiting for you at the twelve bomb marker was yeah. that as like typical as you expect a certain person to have a like their 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 body to look. There just are quite a variety of body types when you see people running because we were we were at the twelve mile marker and people were hitting this like we got there at about I want to say hour and fifteen into the race mm-hmm. as we were waiting and so these people these people that were that were up there were flying yeah. to me in my mind they're flying like they're running way faster than I could and so I'm looking at these people and like it's not like they're all super skinny or anything like some of them definitely got a little like got a little bit of a pouch and i'm like ah, you know yeah it works for them yeah it, they could their cardio's their cardio's on point and they can make it work yeah um the, the there's like different sort of viewpoints on the pouch it's whether or not you uh it's like how much extra weight do you want to have on you when you're running you know because the lighter you are and the more sort of muscle sort of distribution you have, the, the easier it is for you to propel through. Like Greg and I, we have like a like I've got a little bit bigger of a pouch than Greg does, but we are like obese compared to our friend Pat, who just is rail thin and has like the has like a super long stride and can just it just feels like he's just floating through the course. So it's uh yeah you're right it's like all different types of body types can can run these things it's just a matter of where you feel like you can shave off a little bit more in terms of time uh, by doing certain things. So for me it's just been the, doing a lot more spin class just to keep the legs engaged in a different style but also just like I keep saying it's like trading my breathing at that red line moment so that I don't freak out if my body starts to really um really get tired because i've pushed well past that and still lived so it's just about you know getting the uh, the comfort zone that comfort level just sort of expanding that out a little bit i know i'm going to continue to do pilates i'm going to do a little bit more weight training than i've done in the past just to make sure that the uh, the body's right i'll be doing a lot more interval training fartlek training um, because that's where, you know, all my friends have said, like, that's where you shred the muscle on top and then you start building muscle underneath. That's like where you do 400, like one lap around the, the track at a slow speed. And then you do a, a lap around this uh, track at like as fast as you can go. And then you slow it down for another slow lap. And then you go as fast as you can just to, just to shred the legs down so that the top level muscle because like, when you're running these big races, like you'll burn through like those top level muscles, and you got to make sure you have stuff underneath it. And if you don't have stuff underneath it, you'll really struggle. But if you can increase like the muscle density, then you'll be able to have more energy running throughout the race. So we'll yeah. see. But that's not. I'm not worried about any of that this week because it's Thanksgiving week, Reza, and I am about to feast. <laughs> so, and we also have a fun thing coming up, you and I. Yeah. Um, should we tell them what we're doing? Sure. Go ahead. So, uh, if anyone's familiar with the the YouTube channel First We Feast, they have this show called Hot Ones, where the host Sean Evans interviews a variety of celebrities. You know, coming ranging from musicians to athletes. Uh, I guess a few actors as well. And uh, while they while they ask while he's doing this interview, these interviews last about twenty minutes, at least in the produced form, the edited form. 
they eat progressively hotter wings. So they start with like something really light, like sriracha, but then they eventually work their way up to these like super duper amazingly hot, hot uh, uh, peppers, hot, 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 hot sauces. Yeah. And they are to you know imagine like eating a blazing wing at Buffalo Wild Wings like times like a hundred. So <laughs> we're gonna die. <laughs> Sandy and I, Sandy and I, we're gonna die. So far, I think four four hot sauces uh i think all of which are on that show some of them are a little harder to find than others which is a little disappointing um some of them they just you know they just don't have amazon prime and i'm not really willing to wait like two weeks it's not a great time to be ordering things i guess i should have ordered them in earlier because um you know coming up to thanksgiving there's no they're not going to be deliveries for, for pretty much for the latter half of this week so um we got, but we got a, a, a we got a nice arrangement. I'm gonna be heading over to the grocery store because for Thanksgiving I'm planning on making um, my first apple pie from scratch. So, as a part of that, I'm gonna be doing a trial run today. I gotta get my uh, I gotta watch Bill Burr's video real quick <laughs> before I start that, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for some of the other hot sauces, some of the some of their milder sauces. Wait, are you so telling that, me that Bill Burr is on one though? No, 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 no. I just mean his uh, his apple pie or his pie crust making video oh okay yeah okay sorry so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can get some of the mother sauces from hot ones just so that we have something so we're not like we're not just jumping right into death hot sauce yeah because uh that's what i plan on doing and i'm gonna die <laughs> i think our hottest one that we have is mad dog 357 that was formerly their hottest sauce i think in seasons one and two but then they got blair's mega death sauce with liquid rage I I can find it, but it's I can't get it. I don't think in time for for the for when we actually want to do this. But my dad he has he was given um, I think when as like kind of a gift or whatever they want whatever you want to call it because my dad loves hot foods like super supremely hot stuff things that would like normally burn somebody's mouth. My dad eats like it's freaking chocolate, and so um he got blair's ultra death sauce which is like a level or two below mega death sauce so i don't know where it really fits on the spectrum between mad dog 357 and the mega death sauce with liquid rage but if i can get that i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that and we'll just we'll just throw it in somewhere yeah it doesn't matter if we do wings or uh well you know boneless yeah what do you prefer because i when i eat wings i just like to eat them boneless just because it's easy and, yeah, I'm down to do boneless. Okay, I also don't mind eating just this uh, the the boned wings, but yeah, we can do boneless. So how that many way, it's boneless? easier for us to to not get away with eating a piece in, a, a portion of the wing without eating the whole thing. Because I'm gonna tell right. you this right now, saying I'm eating the whole thing. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You don't got, you don't have to, Sandy. But just I, because you said it, I, I have I to know. I don't mean that in the Sean Evans kind of way where you don't have to take the last tab. I really mean you don't have to. And there's a good chance that I'm saying this now all macho-like, and I'm going to get to, like, the sixth or seventh wing and be like, I that was a terrible mistake, and there's no shot in, in hell that I'm eating the entire wing of the bomb, which so, I also did get. That's supposed to be the worst one. What we're going to do, then, is... We are going to let's get the boneless. There's ten ten sauces that we're doing, so let's just get twenty, obviously, and then we'll just toss them. Yeah. Yeah. How does that work? Because 
like, I don't want to waste a sauce, but how are we going to toss the, like, is it like, a, should we like dab, not dab them, but like, do we dip them? Do we like, because it will be stupid to, like, is it stupid to coat the whole wing? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I've never done it, so it'll, it'll be interesting. I imagine, I think we should probably just, I think we should probably just toss them. We don't have to use we don't have to use the entire bottle though at the same time, but we will certainly waste some of the sauce because there'll be remnants right. in the in the uh, in the bowl in the container. Right. I'm just wondering, like, is that smarter than just like putting all these sauces in like the little bowls and we just like dip them in there? Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to think about this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll think about it. Um, but yeah, that's well. You and I got to figure out a time this week to do that. So. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about that offline, but that's hopefully something that we'll be able to have fun and share with you guys later. <laughs> it's going to be so dumb. It's going to be so dumb. I'm not excited about this at all. <laughs> oh, God. I can just, I'll tell you this. When I eat, like, really spicy food, like, that's no, outside of my normal palate, my eyes will twitch. I will sweat a lot. I will definitely hiccup, and I hope I don't throw up. I don't think I'll throw up. I, I've, but I think, I think it'll just I'll just be on fire, man. My I'll definitely have a runny nose. Um, I'll probably be breathing through my mouth a lot, and I'll probably just like try to put my lips and tongue in water just to soothe, just to get some type of cooling effect, and it's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, it'll be tough. Yeah. It'll be funny. I imagine. Hopefully. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's get out of here, and then uh, we'll discuss more about when we want to do this. All right. All right, great. All right. Sounds good. I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.